0: Welcome to the Life Exchange Podcast, where we give you practical solutions for self, community, and culture. On today's episode, we'll be talking about why we advocate for gossip-free zones. This standard has been a part of our church culture for years now, and we've seen the benefits of making this a part of our code of conduct as a church and as individuals. To let you in on who we are as a team, We represent three generations partnering together to lead a local church and a global resource center called Giving Light. To learn more about us and our ministry, visit us at www.givinglight.org. Without further delay, let's jump right into it.
1: I am Katie Stansfield.
0: And I'm Joel Hilton.
1: And I'm Melody Hilton. And we are a team that represents three generations, and we partner together. We bring our best to the table, and we are better together than we are separately. And I'm just so honored to have Joel as my son and Katie as my spiritual daughter partner with me in the kingdom, in ministry, and just doing life together. I love you both, and I honor you. We love you.
0: Yes, we, I love you.
1: Thank you. I finally I, got my son to say what, it. No. What I say it all the time. I don't know what you're talking about.
0: I, I mean, I'm not that an expressive person. But yes, I do say it. So I, I, I this character assassination, I'm not appreciating.
1: Leading us into our topic um, of,
0: of gossip free zones. Yes. So one of the One of the reasons why we're doing this podcast is so that we can let you in on the culture of our church and what we've established. We really believe that the core values that we have and the code of conduct that we have can really impact your life personally, your your church, or even in in your workplace. So I want to just start out by giving our three core values, which is bravery, covenant, and influence. And bravery can be just basically explained as saying, we will go where God leads us, where he tells us to speak. We speak where he tells us to go. We go and influences. Yes. Influencing the world around us, but it's also what we allow inside of us Mm -hmm. and finally covenant. And that's kind of what, um, I believe that we're really passionate about in this house is that we believe in healthy exchange of life, that covenant simply means that I give the very best of who I am. And I expect the very best from you. Yes. And so, Katie, why don't you talk a little bit about our code of conduct and maybe about the topic that we're going to talk about today?
2: Yeah. So uh, I think as a team, we're all really practical. And so the code of conduct just helps us to know how to apply the things that are important to us in a practical way. Uh, And so our code of conduct at our church is that we uh, value structures and systems that keep things running smoothly. Uh, We promote healthy boundaries. Um we are a no prejudice zone and we are a no gossip zone. And I think when we sat down to form the code of conduct, that one was a clear number one uh, that we are a no gossip zone because that's something that we've kind of been um,
0: experienced right
2: yeah, yeah I mean every every uh. Code of conduct comes from somewhere, so we definitely had our years and experiences of being a. Um, they're just gossip running rampant, and we saw what that was doing to our church and to the relationships. And so, I think when we, and sat I don't down, think that's
0: anything unique for us. No. I think that's something that's can be rampant in in the body. Anywhere of Christ. there's
2: a group of people, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, for sure, two or more, this can this can happen. So, um, so yeah, we were really um, experiencing that in the past. Um, but I think when we sat down and kind of put words and put our code of conduct out there now, our code of conduct, our church knows our code of conduct. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so we talk freely about it. And so anybody, whether they've been in the church for a long time or they come in for the first Sunday, it's not like they walk in the door and we say, Hey, we don't gossip here, mm-hmm. um, but it's just a part of our, a, a part of our culture. We, it's in our
0: designs, yeah. you know, in the hallway, we talk about it. Um, when when we preach or it's just in our conversation and the th- cool thing about it is even if someone's new they really catch on rather quickly.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well they love the safety that it brings. They come in and feel so secure because they know they're going to be loved, valued and accepted that somebody is going to look at them and uh, not judge them or be critical of them. That's just liberating. They yeah, feel it, accepted.
2: I think even because we kind of all live it or try to, um, if it does slip out because you know nobody's perfect. We're all you know, sure. just human beings. Yeah. If it does come out, we can kind of um, we're we're correcting each other in a really healthy exchange mm-hmm. of life way. Where if somebody starts gossiping or, or speaking idly about someone else, uh, we either just don't engage or we just start start speaking positively about that person. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be this big like assault of hey we don't do that here. It just kind of it just is who we are that we don't do that here.
0: And one of the ways that you don't get place for it is if someone's talking about it, you just don't engage in the conversation. And yeah. generally people get get the vibe of what... They get the hint. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. If
1: someone says something negative, we immediately begin to speak positive about that individual and say, well, let me tell you who they are. We had a great illustration. Someone came up to me and uh, said something about an individual And I said, aren't they amazing? (laughs) And I began to go, they do this and they do this and they invest their life here. And I just began to speak value Mm. over the people they just said something negative about. And what a way to model a no gossip zone. And uh, it was so neat because we had, I think it was a church Christmas party or something after that. And I saw that person sitting with them and they were having so much fun Mm -hmm. because all they knew of them was a negative event. And then they began to really know who that those people were and see all the good that they bring to the table. And
0: I think sometimes people can be scared of standards or or boundaries and stuff like that. But if you create a safe space for people mm-hmm. to live and thrive, they're going to jump on board. They're going to enjoy it. They're going to receive life from it.
2: Yeah. And so just by you just doing that, just by... Um, you know, you didn't even say, Hey, we don't do that here. You just started speaking positively and immediately you could see the effect that it was having on that person and the way they related to it the changed other
1: their perspective.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, let's
0: let's talk about what is gossip and what isn't gossip. I know for me. Some people think that gossip is just harmless banter or innocent conversations about other people. But one of my main issues with gossip is that it typically involves assumptions. Yeah. And it involves prejudice, meaning you prejudge someone and it's based on limited perspectives. Right. So basically, conversations or gossip is basically conversations filled with half truths Mm -hmm. and whole lies. And from my perspective, that's neither harmless, or it's never harmless, or it's never
1: constructive. Right. Yeah. Most definitely. I, I go to Proverbs 6, and it, it talks about the seven things God hates, and one of them is just pride. Yeah. When I see myself as better than another, and if I'm speaking negative about someone else, I'm exalting myself, yeah. putting somebody else down, and that's something God hates. Why? Because it sows discord, you know, it brings division. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's not the heart of the Father, it's not the heart of the kingdom. And if we want to see the blessing, the favor, of the kingdom upon our lives and upon our church or upon our organizations, our thoughts and our ways have to align with. With heaven.
0: And where does God command his blessing? That's it's right. a place of unity. That's and right. I would say that gossip and idle talk is an enemy to unity and even trust. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Especially trust. I think that's very important because God loves us unconditionally and we are For called sure. to love everyone unconditionally, no matter what they do but love is different than trust. So Mm -hmm. love comes from my character, trust comes from theirs. And so when someone looks at me and say, I can trust what Melody does, or I can trust what Katie does, then that trust literally develops a love and a safety and a security. But whenever there is gossip, it dismantles trust. And if you can't trust somebody, it's gonna be very difficult. To allow yourself to love them. In our
0: in our environment, we value healthy relationships. So you need to have a foundation of trust to to really create the culture that we're trying to create.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And the world is not necessarily used to that. Um, you know, we just as people, we can live on autopilot and just we're just running our mouths a lot of the time. And so I know for me personally, I just Um, have started thinking think before you speak that's always a good idea right (laughs) but um, if I can think okay what's the point okay, if I hear myself talking or if I hear someone else talking, what's the point? Where is this going? Is this productive? Mm-hmm. Is that, or are we just running our mouths? Like, am I just talking to fill space? Am I just talking to make myself feel better? You know, what is the point? And a lot of that comes back to self-assessment. You know, it, it we love to project onto other people and blame other people and talk about mm-hmm. other people. Yeah. And, but I mean, when it, comes down to it out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth speaks. So um, it's, what is the point? Where is this coming from? Where is this going?
0: If we don't want to experience gossip ourselves, mm-hmm. should we gossip? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's a good standard, even personally say, I don't want to do something to someone else that I won't want to
2: be done back to me. Yeah. We can't give ourselves a free pass. Yeah. Correct. Correct.
1: Well, you think about it, Jesus so valued humanity that he gave his life for us, right? And so, he gave us life so we could be redeemed. Yeah. And so redemption is the end goal of everything we want to do. We want to we be those that bring people to the nature and the character of Christ, to know his heart, to know the Father's heart. And so whenever, if I stand up and preach, or if I use scriptures, or I communicate to somebody, the end goal of that is redemption. Like what, how can we bring good in the midst of this? And how as can- leaders, we have to talk about yeah, yeah. about
0: certain situations. Right. So in, I think that we've made a decision that in our conversations, if it doesn't lead to any redemptive work or it doesn't lead to a, a solution, Correct. it's really idle talk. And we as leaders have to Check ourselves on that. Yeah. So in our conversations as leaders dealing with certain situations in the church, those conversations have to end with a solution or some type of prayer or uh, spiritual warfare we will go and pray and declare things, but it can just not end with, well, that's the issue. <laughs> okay.
1: And I think another important thing in that is when those things have to be discussed, we look at the person and say, this is who they are. This is who God says they are. This is their potential. And it's not
0: always easy to see that, right? (laughs) Right? But that is what we strive to do. This is who God called them. This is who he created them to be. And we have to see that.
1: And what is leadership for? It's to lead or model the way before others. And so we get to do that together. Mm. We get to do this thing right. And the fact is I've been in ministry about 40 years. I've seen how it's done wrong and I've seen how it's been done right. And uh, these last eight years, since we brought in uh, the, the values and the new code of conduct, I love doing what God has called us to do because it is creating such a healthy culture that we as leaders are loving life, loving ministry, loving everybody who walks through the doors of the church, and people can feel that. They feel secure in that, and then they begin to follow what we have modeled, and then not just them personally, but their families are healthier because then they learn how to relate. What do I do when my kid's doing this crazy? thing. They have to look at it through redemptive eyes. So if they learn it
0: in the church, if they can learn a culture in the church, they can then take it then to their household, Mm -hmm. and they can also take it to their place of work, or wherever their place of influence is. Yeah,
1: And the fact is, so many of these things, I learn them not just through ministry, but I bring them into the marketplace arena. What works in church is going to work in government, it's going to work in business, Anywhere it's going to work in the educational yeah. system. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Kingdom principles are kingdom principles, and God so loved the world, and so should we. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. I think one thing that I have said a lot is that expression is more powerful than assumption. Mm. And so uh, like you were saying, it was when we kind of put words and made a code of conduct and just kind of made it part of our everyday language that we really, really saw things. Um, not that we weren't already walking in it, but it it really escalated or, or it uh, exponentially increased because we were expressing it, we were talking about it. And so I think personally, whatever your sphere of influence, whether it's your marriage, your family, your workplace, your church, whatever it is, is having a personal um, code of conduct or expression to say, um, I do not engage in this behavior or I am a no gossip zone. And so I think it starts with putting that label on yourself uh, or that just that decision that you can say out loud. So if somebody comes to you and they start gossiping, what can you say? You can say, you know, I just don't, I just choose not to engage in that kind of behavior. Or you immediately begin to speak positive, like we were talking about before, but it becomes um, a part of your name tag. Mm -hmm. Um, Hello, my name is Katie Stansfield and I am a no gossip zone. So (laughs) that means anytime somebody is coming into your influence, they're getting that from you. And I think that starts with the expression of, um, you know, I choose not to, to do this.
0: And I feel like people don't realize how gossip actually affects them. Yes. Not for them just to to speak gossip, yeah. but then to hear gossip and not do anything with it. So, I would say if you're hearing gossip and you're not confronting it in some way, it's affecting you yes. negatively. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: It's powerful because every thought we have begins with words spoken. Mm-hmm. And every word we speak comes from the thoughts that we have. And thoughts within the brain are electromagnetic light impulses. And it establishes... Oh, now and,
0: we're getting into science. And now we're getting
1: into science, <laughs> my passion, all right, for this. And so it literally establishes memory in our neural network. So if we gossip or we listen to gossip... That is feeding into our brain's memory. What faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, correct? Mm -hmm. So, if I'm hearing gossip, it's definitely not faith that's building in my memory, it's not kingdom principles that are building in my memory, it's not truth that's being built in my memory, it is fear based negative uh, thoughts that produce attitudes, that create emotions, and ultimately create beliefs that affects everything that I do.
2: And I think you've talked about this as the boomerang effect before. You know, when I speak words, it is even scientifically like a boomerang. Whatever I speak out is going to boomerang and come back and affect me in that same nature. Um, So one, I got to be really careful what I'm saying because that's going to affect me. But then on the receiving end of that, you know, if I'm aware of this and somebody tosses me a boomerang, I can just throw it back. I don't have to keep that for myself. I can choose what I'm going to do with those words that were spoken to me. So I think that's really powerful.
1: I have one of my consulting jobs in a public school system, and it was a classroom, and I was speaking on bullying using the whole process of neuroscience, and and there was a young uh, man in that classroom. I did not know it then, but he was the big bully uh, (laughs) in the school. And so I'm speaking on these things, and I said, do you realize that... If someone bullies you, you can stop and say, I reject that. Yeah. And it will not affect your neural networking but the person who's speaking it, it immediately feeds back into their own brain, establishing that negative fear-based memory. And I said, so if you're the bully, it is damaging you. And that young man, he like squealed and he said, I got to stop doing that because Mm. he had that understanding. Oh my gosh, I'm really hurting myself. And so Gossip isn't just about the person being gossiped about. It's about damaging the person who's gossiping.
0: And our hope in creating this gossip-free zone is that you would actually take that culture and have an internal gossip-free zone. Because that really has the potential to shift toxic cultures and toxic environments if we model we're, if we model that gossip-free zone wherever we go, and so Katie, there was a lady in our church that actually took the culture of the house and took it to her her place of influence in the uh, in the community. Why don't you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, I just loved. I loved it because um, she was just talking to me one day, and um, she's kind of in a new area of influence and. Um, and the, in that culture, gossip was just normal, just, you know, it just happened freely as it does in many places. Yeah. And so it was happening and someone said, well, aren't you going to say anything? And, uh, and she just said, oh, I just choose not to engage in this co- type of conversation. And that was all. Mm. And it kind of, um, you know, that gets people thinking when you say that, when you don't just go along with it. Um, and then just a little while later, um, she was in the same place with the same people and she kind of overheard a conversation happening where gossip <laughs> was happening and and she heard the person that she was talking to um, say well let's just let's just choose not to engage in this type of conversation. <laughs> so it was like immediately she Yay. heard her words echoed and it created a positive impact. So I just thought, how powerful is that? is just mm-hmm. one choice to say, um, you know, I personally choose not to engage in this. What effect that had on potentially an entire uh, organization and an yeah. entire community because this is an influential area in a community, yeah.
1: It's power. I mean, we were created to have an exchange of love. Yes. We were created for the positive. We were created for life. And so whenever anything comes in that's contrary to life and godliness, yeah. what happens, it creates emotional suffering. So if we really wanna love life and see good days, we need to confront what we might call idle gossip or any negative speech and just say, listen, I want who I am all the way down to my DNA strands. I want them saturated in the ways of heaven and the thoughts of heaven. And when I have that, I will love my life. Yeah. And then I begin to reproduce that everywhere I go. And people are going to want to be around carriers of hope, carriers of people that value and honor and celebrate others. Yeah. And so that's really what gives us influence. We get to be living epistles, read of all men. Yeah.
0: When I was looking at scripture before we recorded the podcast this week, I I was I was saying, well, what does the Bible have to say about gossip? And I was amazed Mm -hmm. how much the Bible had to say about gossip, especially in the New Testament. And in Ephesians 4, it says, Do not let any unwholesome talk, Mm -hmm. any corrupt communication come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Then what does it say next? And do not grieve the Mm, Holy Spirit of God. So is gossip a serious issue (laughs) to God? I would say yes, it is. So gossip for the believer is never harmless. It's never innocent. I think we need to have the, the type of attitude that Joseph had with Potiphar's wife. Potiphar's wife would say, oh, come to bed with me, sleep with me. And he would run away. (laughs) You know, uh, in that example, well, I don't engage in that conversation is so powerful because you're saying, no, I reject this. I don't reject you as a person, but I reject this conversation. And it's so important to place those boundaries around your life because as mama was talking about, she was saying, listen, gossip affects you. In a negative light, it affects your brain networking. If I said that correctly, <laughs> yeah.
1: <Networking>, yeah. <laughs> well, it uh, someone who just uh, I got this uh, note from this individual who read one of my books, and they said, you know, I decided that whenever I saw stuff on social media, you know, because all this information is constantly inundating our world, you know, the loudest voices, the narratives that are going on around our world. And he said, you know, I just decided I was going to shut that off. And he said, I'm better off. And so it just brought such freedom to him to say, I don't have to listen to this. I don't have to engage in this. I don't even have to have an opinion about this. I can choose to just walk away from social media, not walk away from social media, but those negative posts on social media that I can uh, choose to put a guard over my eyes, over my ears and walk in health. And I think that's a
2: good point. Even, um, you know, we're talking about gossip Um, In what we say and what we hear from people, but it also starts with what we're letting in our eye gate and our ear gate, you know, society loves to um, Mm -hmm. speak negatively about other people, whether that's celebrity gossip, uh, you know, the headlines on things or, um, you know, the clickbait headlines, just starting to be aware of What is being fed to you, even societally, you know, and we can start putting those guards up because um, that's kind of where it starts is you're creating this um, atmosphere in your own brain of what is and is not allowed in what is and is not acceptable.
1: And what God wishes above all things that we prosper and be in health, even as our soul, right. as our mind, our will—that's yeah. you know, our mind, our intellect, our emotions. Yeah. We think about that. We have to guard ourselves so that our our soul is healthy. And if our soul lines up with heaven, then heaven is going to be made manifested in our lives.
0: For sure, for sure. One of the beautiful things about creating that internal culture of a gossip-free zone is that it truly honors God.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: So when you refuse to gossip, when you refuse to slander, when you refuse to entertain idle conversation, it honors God. But not only that, it honors people, mm-hmm. right? When you refuse to enter into these type of conversations, you honor the person that is being talked about. And the next thing that it, the beautiful thing that it really honors is it honors yourself. Mm -hmm. Because like we said before, when you gossip, it actually hurts yourself. So when you honor, when you refuse to do those things, you honor yourself. You stop that flow of corrupt communication. And when you do that, it purifies your inner being. We know that out of the overflow of the heart, the Mm -hmm. mouth speaks. That's right.
1: Yeah, So good.
2: I think, I mean, we're never going to encounter a person ever anywhere that God doesn't love. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, what are we saying about these people that God loves? That's just, I mean, to me, that's convicting. Um, You know, whatever it is, whatever I'm talking about is, you know, is this this honoring God?
0: Would God have this thought towards this person? Yeah.
2: And I think we've talked about that as going into any conversation or even any thought uh, assuming generously, you know, thinking the best about a person yeah. and just creating a habit of of that because my goodness, when you see some people's behavior, it's really, really easy to just assume the worst about them. But just going in to your thoughts about people, assuming mm. generously can be really, really powerful um, just in in
1: any thought, in any situation. Well, if you would have seen me years ago, <laughs> oh my goodness, I I have had my stupid years. I was You weren't always pastor, doctor, <laughs> melody. I wasn't always saved. I was a mess. And um, But there was a, a woman who showed up to my apartment. I lived in Washington, D.C. And when she came to my apartment, she says, God told me to come here and take you to church with me. Mm. And I said, well, I'm not going to no blank, blank church. You know, I mean, I was like rude and crude. And I did everything. I was blowing cigarettes, smoke in her face. And I was saying, well, what do you think of drinking? What do you think of smoking? <laughs> I was just trying to get her to condemn me and judge me because that was my belief about Christians. Yeah, They were just there to judge me and to point out everything I do wrong. Mm. And she refused to do it. She, and every time I uh, would challenge her to attack me, she said, I didn't come here for this. I came because God told me to come here. And when you're talking thousands of apartments in D.C., <laughs> God sent her there. Yeah. And uh, long story short... I ended up, you know, I got saved. And about two years after I became a believer, I began to think about her and how she treated me. And I said then, I said, someday I want to be that little old lady who refuses to condemn and judge and devalue another human being, no matter what crazy things they are doing. And now I'm that little old lady.
0: (laughs) Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. I think a a real challenge for those that are listening today, if you are a leader, and we believe that if you live, you're a leader because everywhere you go, you have the opportunity to influence, but I would challenge you to create this culture wherever you go. Now, when you create codes of conduct or you create boundaries, some people can say, that's well, that's legalistic or whatever. But it's not. It actually brings freedom. Mm -hmm. Now, do we have the power to control every conversation? No, no, (laughs) we don't. But we can raise a standard that promotes life and health among the body. And that's why we really created
1: that. Yeah, exactly. We wanted to be a safe place. We wanted people's families to be a safe place. Yeah, yeah. We wanted people's businesses to be a safe place.
0: Yeah, for sure. And even in James, it says, for those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves. Whoa. 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 Yeah. That's heavy. And then it goes on to say, and their religion is worthless. Yeah. So gossip, slander, internal strife is actually a reproach against the gospel. So if you yeah. are a leader of a body... the a, a congregation. If you if you lead fellow believers, you got to understand that gossip is not just some small harmless thing. It actually brings a reproach against the
1: gospel. Wow. Yeah.
2: And I think you know we can talk a lot about what not to do and say, but the Bible also tells us how to live, yes. how to conduct our conduct. So uh, conduct our conduct. <laughs> 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 to conduct ourselves. yeah. Um, So, you know, look at 1 Corinthians 13, which is the love chapter. You know, love is what? Patient. Love is kind. Mm -hmm. Love does not keep record of wrongs. It is not boastful. It is not proud. Um, And all of those things. In Philippians, I think it's Philippians 4, it says, whatever is good, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is of Mm -hmm. good report, uh, whatever is worthy of praise, think on these things. So we really, really uh, we're not left without instructions on how to do this and how to live this out. Uh, and we have the Holy Spirit as our helper, as our counselor to help us um, do these things. So I think just, you know, I know for me just saying, Holy Spirit, help me to walk in love. You know, it's one of the most dangerous prayers mm-hmm. you can pray. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in our in my mind, you know, okay, is this a good thought? Is this a true thought? Is this thought worthy of praise? Okay. Yes. Then think on these things. And it really sets ourselves up for health. It sets our relationships up for health. uh, And then we can have that healthy exchange of life, which is what this whole thing is about.
1: And really, it's a practice skill. Yes. We do it over and over and over until it becomes an automatic way of thinking, an automatic way of reacting and responding in situations, because we have practiced it so much, if we didn't love. If we didn't value, if we didn't celebrate someone, we'd have immediate conviction because we've allowed the spirit of God to help us renew our minds with those things that are good and pure and perfect and lovely and of good report. And so I think we just need to practice his presence, practice his thoughts, practice his ways. And when we practice it long enough, Practice makes perfect, right? maturity, yeah. right? We begin to mature in those areas, and that's what we want.
0: So yeah. the simple answer is really what you fill yourself with mm-hmm. is going to come out. So if you're filling yourself with things that are pleasing, things that are lovely, uh, things that are of good report, that's what's going to come out of you. And if if all you're doing is meditating on what this person has done or what they're doing or what they're saying, guess what? It's going to flow out of you in conversation. So that gossip-free zone really starts with what are you putting inside of you? Because what you put inside of you is going to eventually come out.
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: So that's your thoughts, your assumptions, your um, intentions, your words, all of those things.
0: For sure. And like I said before, the challenge is as leaders, we have to have the tenacity to address gossip Mm -hmm. in the church. and. Obviously, we can address gossip, not just directly, but indirectly by encouraging people to fill themselves with those good things. And so when we do address it, we like what we've been talking about, we can create that safe space for people to actually grow and mature in their faith. Because if they're afraid or there is not a level of trust within the church, they will never open themselves up Mm -hmm. to grow and to mature in the truth. In Proverbs 26, again, it says, For lack of wood, the fire goes out, and where there is no whisperer, quarreling ceases. Yeah. So as leaders, we have to remove the fuel mm-hmm. from the fire. And the truth is, you know, it's easier to deal with a campfire than it is a forest fire. Yeah. So if we need to get that tenacity with inside of us, confront fear within ourselves and be fearless and confront gossip because... Believe me, we, we've done this over the years. The atmosphere in our church is
2: mm, so much healthier. It's so healthy. Good. It's
0: safety. It's people enjoy one another. Yeah. But that's because we, we made those tough decisions to address it yes. when it came up. And guess what? We removed the fuel from the fire. Yes. And so we have to be brave as, as leaders to do that going back to our another core value of bravery, right? Mm-hmm. Being willing to c- confront things that might not be popular to confront.
2: Right. And I think, as you said before, you know, a leader, um, yes, we're speaking, if you have, if you're a pastor of a church, if you're a leader of a business, if you are uh, have a, a position of authority, that does um, fall on you to kind of set that standard initially, and it will trickle down. Um, but I think, you know, as as we said if you are a person of influence, if you have influence over any other single human being, then Mm -hmm. you uh, have the authority of your own life um, to be that leader who makes these decisions. And it will affect your relationships in a positive way. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I think if you don't believe me or if you don't believe us, just try it out and see what happens. You know, take a to have a personal challenge that you refuse to gossip for seven days and just see Whoa. what the fruit is, you know, see what it feels like. And if you like what it feels like, then stick with it and see how it's affecting the relationships around you.
0: Man, I like that challenge. <laughs> wow. Seven days refusing to do it. See and I what bet, happens.
2: I bet you... You might start out, you know, I know I went to the chiropractor and he said, try not to lean on your elbows. And immediately I said, oh, I don't do that. (laughs) And then I left and I noticed that pretty much all I ever do is lean on my elbows. So I think we can say, oh, I don't gossip. But when we put that challenge in place, we're going to recognize, oh, my goodness, how much we are actually doing that. Um, And just, you know, by becoming conscious of it, you can then change the behavior, which is really, really powerful.
1: The more self-aware we are, the better decisions we make for our life. And so just to be aware isn't a place of condemnation. It's a place of revelation. So I can use my power of self-governance to say, nope, this is how I'm going to think. And this is how I'm going to speak. And the more I do that, the more self-confidence I grow in knowing that I do have the ability to not just manage my thoughts, but manage the words that come out of my mouth.
0: Wow, I really feel like we we gave a lot of nuggets of truth in this 30 minute conversation. So to end it out, why don't you just share one more thought um before we close it out? And uh so why don't can we start with you, Katie?
2: Uh sure. <laughs> Put on the spot. I'm <laughs> I wasn't so ready sorry. For that. Yeah. Um well I was just thinking, you know, uh, we have we have no control over anybody but ourselves, but right. we are always the boss of ourselves. Hmm. So um don't, don't become the gossip police and go out. And uh, every time you hear somebody saying that, Oh, I don't do that. We don't do gossip. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, start with yourself. Yes. Be the boss of yourself. Um, and that's I bet how you, you can lead it. Right. Yeah. I bet yeah. you just by, by doing that for yourself, just residually, it's going to affect those around you. So
1: One of my favorite quotes by Melody Hilton (laughs) is powerful people change what they can and choose peace in what they cannot. And you'll find that so much gossip comes from fears on the inside of us Mm. and us reacting to something external. But we are powerful enough to literally choose peace yeah. on the inside of us, for the things that we are powerless to change externally. And in the process, we will feel like, my goodness, I've taken control of my life. And that is so fulfilling. It's so satisfying. And it is contagiously positive.
0: Wow. That is so good. That is so good. I guess my final thought is be brave and, and confront it in your life. Be brave and and don't allow certain conversations to go certain places. And like we said earlier, the the simple answer is start filling yourself with good things. Yep. Start filling yourself with with truth. Start filling yourself with things that are lovely and pure. And so, wow, I wasn't sure how this this first episode was gonna go, um, but I thought it, it went pretty well. What do you guys think? We had fun. Yeah, we did.
1: <laughs> hey, could we close, Katie? Could you pray for us?
2: Sure. Father God, we just thank you for uh, every person listening. God, I thank you that your heart towards them is so good. Your intentions towards them is good. And that your desire is that we live uh, a life and life more abundantly. So God, we just thank you, God, that uh, as we've talked amongst ourselves and as as you've listened um, out there, God, we just thank you that you are filling them with your thoughts towards them. You're filling them with your um, thoughts towards others, God. And we just thank you that this is really going to be um, something that makes such a difference in their lives, that they're going to be able to walk in that healthy exchange of life with you, uh, in their relationships, uh, and even in their own personal walk, that this is just really going to be a um, a place, a, a launching point um, for better days. So we just bless them in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Life Exchange. We'll be back next week with more conversation on topics of life and leadership. Until next time, be sure to check out our website at givinglight.org, where you can learn more about our church and access loads of resources to help you grow in your walk with God and people. If you like what you heard today, would be grateful if you would leave a five-star review and share with your friends. Be blessed, remember to shine your light, And have a great week. Thank you.